1: Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. It's a Friday afternoon. Friday, Yeah, Friday afternoon. We're recording this. Well, no. It's still morning. Jacob, Jacob might still be asleep. Yes. We'll say that. Greg Smith is sitting across the table from me, decked out in his Lakers gear. So we're on day six of Kawhi Watch. Is that what it is? I think so, yeah. So part of the reason I wanted you on the podcast this week, and it, it worked out that we did it today and not on the 4th of July is if we get an announcement while we're podcasting I think that would be golden and then I would like to have that recorded for uh the end of time just to see how you would react I that. would like to have that too cuz I don't know what I'm going to do either way I don't know what will happen to
0: even talking about it I'm getting nervous right <laughs> now like I'm seriously nervous uh, this is not good for
1: my health well, let's talk about Nebraska football then okay, um great. we're going to obviously you're here so we're going to spend a lot of time on recruiting good. um because there has been some recruiting news and there has also been a lot of recruiting angst, anxiety maybe amongst the fan base. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. You've written a couple things that I want to kind of touch on that have gone on the website. Your recruiting notebook and then um, Big Red Recon for the day, talking about the 500-mile radius. We'll get to that a little bit later. But the they've gotten four commits in the last two weeks. Yep. So it was Alex Kahn, the offensive lineman. How do you pronounce the cornerback's name? I say Taman Linum. Okay, that's what I was going to say as well. Okay, so him, Nash Hutmacher, Blaze Gunnerson. Yep. All three stars. Three of them are on defense. Mm-hmm. Two of them were at the top of Nebraska's board. This has been a – somebody asked in the mailbag, it seems like it's been a good week and we still feel bad. <laughs> like, that is a
0: great way to put that. Like why?
1: Like why? Why do? Why are people having you, that feeling?
0: Do you know what? I, I think it, there's a couple of reasons for that. Actually, one is a little bit of timing. So the the commitments. When did the? Now I'm gonna blank on when the Malik Reed announcement happened because it felt like Malik Reed was going to start a good run for Nebraska of getting commitments, and then you lose him to Wisconsin. When he was, I can say this now, he was a silent commit to Nebraska when he left Nebraska from his official visit. Went home and then talked to his family, namely his dad changed his mind, right? Um, And then went to, and is now verbally committed to Wisconsin. I don't think Nebraska is giving up, but that's a quick side note. I think they think fans thought that that would start a run for Nebraska. That included the guys that followed him. Um, But because of that, I think people got even more nervous than they had been going into this run of commitments. And you hit on a little bit when you mentioned the angst. Um, and then even though those commitments came in, it I don't I feel like none of those commitments, so the Khan commitment, the Hutmacher commitment, and the Gunerson commitment were all mostly expected. I think that while you had some battles in there and I think that you were battling Wisconsin for Hutmacher, you were battling the hometown team in Iowa State, um, for Gunnarsson and then Khan and Oklahoma State a little bit. Um, but you all, you felt pretty good about those happening, right? So when those aren't surprises, I think the excitement is a little muted. I think that that's the natural human reaction, um, to that, even though all of those and Linum's commitment are all very impactful for this class. Like, they're guys that you want to have in the class, and they fit exactly what Nebraska wants to do. Um, so I think it's complicated as to why it really did feel like people were still upset, even though they were really, really excited, especially especially for the last two in Gunnarsson and Huttmacher.
1: Those, Those two guys, well is a four-star on our board, but he's a three-star. Yeah, and I think in rivals,
0: he's a three-star. He's a composite four-star, so he's a com- basically, from our rankings of all of them, he's a four-star as well. And I think that he'll end as a four-star everywhere. Well, that was what I was going to ask
1: you. Gunnarsson <laughs> is a three-star. Those feel like the two guys that are going to rise the most. Yeah, Gunnerson
0: is, is an interesting case because he didn't play his junior season. Like he had an injury and didn't really play during his junior year. Um, and as you noted, in when you wrote and talked about the about Friday Night Lights that he was at, like I don't think you look at him and think, "Oh yeah, that's some like off the radar recruit." No, that that like kid, you looked at him and were like, "Okay, that we probably should be talking about him." Every <laughs>
1: single camera that was at that camp was on him. Yeah, it's like the it's like everything in the background stopped. And everybody just focused on that, that lineman drill where he was yep. going up against And that's what it's like when guys. you have
0: big-time players at that team. Like, And that's what it felt like. It felt like to me that once he goes through his senior season, I feel like he's going to be a guy that rises up the rankings. And and people will then become even more excited about him later just because of the number or the stars next to his name on paper. Um, and then you'll realize, oh, yeah, Nebraska can really evaluate. <laughs> Again, we'll see that.
1: That's the thing that everybody keeps forgetting is that Nebraska doesn't care about the stars, so no. we probably shouldn't care as much about the stars as we do. Does it bother you that there's this, this love fest or an infatuation with a number of stars next to a guy's name, and and therefore those guys have um, predetermined set amount of worth?
0: Yes, um, the short answer. It does bother me because I don't. I, if my thing is is if. If the staff is really excited about a certain player, like Gunnarsson is, is, a, is like we were saying, is a great example of that. They're really excited about him. They're really excited about Nash Hutmacher. Like I could not be more excited about him. Um, and so, and in the short amount of time that this staff has been here, like we've seen this demonstrated already, that a they are very they're early on their evaluations. B because of that, they've seen they see a lot of guys that they offer early that. either... commit or don't commit that end up shooting way up the rankings and there are so many examples of that happening for guys that end up in the class and don't end up in the class um so i think i feel like the staff has earned a little bit of a benefit of the doubt on that and and then not just jumping to oh he's rated as blank so we shouldn't be so excited but I don't. I don't think that that's the general fan consensus on these things. I think it's we would rather have a guy that starts off high, like he's a high four star, and then by the end of the evaluation, he ends up tumbling. But we were really excited in the beginning. Um, but maybe he's not actually as good as his initial ranking. Oh, but we were still. We still had those stars on paper. Versus saying, here's what's been happening with it going the other way. I think we should maybe give them a break on that. I just don't feel like that's what's happening. And I. I think that. Maybe we'll get a shift as time goes on, but right now that's not the case.
1: I think Logan Smothers is the perfect case study here.
0: Yes, because
1: he is—he's
0: quietly moving up the rankings. Um, every single time there's a, a re-ranking, he goes up, and it, it's happened every time there has been one. And I think he's still going to continue to go up because when you watch his highlights, especially with him in the QB run game, like if there are better, if there are ten better. Dual threat quarterbacks out there in the country, like they're all really special. Like I just don't believe that that's the case. Like watching his highlights,
1: I don't know how you go about doing this, but I feel like this the starring system and the rating system just across the board needs a little bit of an overhaul because you see, guys, we saw it just, and I'm I'm not just talking football; I'm talking across the board, Mm -hmm. basketball and everything, because you see, guys that get into the draft that are that weren't ranked, that were zero stars, like John Morant. The most recent one was no stars coming out of high school and number two pick in the draft. I don't know how that would look like, but I'm, I'm curious the, if the we could problem, get to that point.
0: the thing that I've always wondered about the star rankings, and I don't like fully evaluate guys and then give them rankings. I can do some evaluations, but I'm not giving rankings, right? So I, the one thing that's really hard about that is that you can't evaluate a guy's fit within a program. And that's not and that's that scheme. And that's also culture of that program. Right. And there are certain guys and i talked to staff members on for Nebraska about this. There are certain guys that even though they're very highly rated, they just won't fit with what Nebraska is doing, both schematically and culture wise. So even though you could, in theory, bring those guys in and you boost your star rating, that guy may not work out long term for nebraska versus where like just picking one randomly like a three-star running back um like ramir johnson was for most of last year we love him right because he really really fits what they're trying to do and they're very excited about him um so i think it's really hard to to factor that portion in um and you see that with teams like iowa and wisconsin right like iowa and wisconsin especially on the offensive and defensive lines typically don't have guys that are very highly rated right but, boy, nobody wants to face those offensive and defensive lines once they get going in their program.
1: Um, so it's just hard to do. There's um, – I was looking at the, the team rankings right now as, yeah. as they stand right now. Kansas, well, Iowa is like 20. Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa State, all four of those programs are in the top 35 in terms of class rankings. Nebraska's 62. What's going on? what's going on
0: how many so since i know you have it up then how many players are in those classes
1: so here's this is and this is the question that i would like (laughs) to ask you because this is the thing that is always um the thing that i like to think about and look at the most because i don't i I don't understand the numbers side of it as much as i wish i did and jacob made a comment in the mailbag that this class is going to be a little bit smaller so i kind of want you to explain that this why this class is going to be a little smaller based on um, the last one so numbers since you asked Iowa has 21 commits uh, Kansas has 21 commits Kansas State has 18 Iowa State has 15 and Nebraska has 7 now Yep. Yeah. yeah 7 so this is going to be a smaller class why
0: well, uh, okay. It, 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 in theory, it's going to be a smaller class. We also thought last year's class could end up being a smaller class in a way, right? Um, and it was not. Uh, so Shoot. I'm, I, yeah. I'm so I'm curious to see how it ends up going. Like we know that this this staff and their roster management is as good as we've seen around here in a long time. Um, Whether or not that's finding like ways to bring in graduate transfers, whether or not it's kind of basically moving on from non-contributors, there's all sorts of ways that you can kind of massage those numbers. So I think that smaller... It, yes, in theory, the class should be smaller because they don't have as many outgoing seniors in this class. We talked about before, and I'm sure we will more even when we get closer to the season, start really previewing things about just how young overall this football team is. The downside of that, the, the good side of that is that you will have a lot of returning production next season. The bad side of that is is you don't, in theory, don't have as many spots to then bring new guys in. Um I know that this staff wants to bring in about 25 guys every single year. That's what they want to do. Um, I think right now you're looking at about twenty to twenty-two, which puts them within that wiggle room to be able to kind of see what happens and if anybody moves on and that sort of thing before they can add those additional numbers. Um, so I think it will. It has a potential to still be smaller because of the small seat or the, the relatively small senior class. But I would not be surprised if they find their way to twenty-five.
1: So then, what does the ceiling look like in terms of their ranking? And does the staff? care about that number because it matters from a perception standpoint and it matters from like when you start looking at the college football playoff mm-hmm. and it matters when you start talking to kids that are like oh well, these guys are consistently recruiting really well look at their numbers yeah but does it does that number matter to the staff any any more than just like a a, a surface level
0: I don't think it does. I don't think it matters any more than a surface level. And what those numbers do is... So, like, it's complicated, but if you... It, there are Certain services, when they're factoring in those rankings, um, they take, like, your... I think it's your top 20 commits. I think it's top 20. Top 20 commits, and then you average out the star rankings of that, and then you go... And that's how you get that. Right. Um, So if you if you have a bigger class, you've got more wiggle room there to drop guys off that may be lower rated because you're always going to have some lower rated guys in your class uh, because you like that guy or that guy is just underrated or he really fits you. Right. Um, So if you have a smaller class, you just don't have as much wiggle room. With that, so what you can do in turn is then in Nebraska maybe and they definitely are right now in this position where you need to look at average star ranking in the class um, to really see the quality of that class. And I would bet you that without looking, that Nebraska's average star rating is fairly high, especially when it compares to other teams in the Big Ten. And when you look at teams like you said, I think Iowa was ahead of them for now in recruiting rankings. Um, I, I think that they're Nebraska's average star ranking would be higher
1: than those teams. Well, you're right. And I've got the averages right here. So let me find Iowa. Iowa's average is 85.64. Kansas is 83.43. Kansas State is 84.43. Iowa State is 85.8. So it's Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas. Nobody is higher than 86. Nebraska is at 89.2.
0: Yeah. And that's before, and see, and, the, and and I in to me, they are probably recruiting even better than that because if we factor in that we think that Hutmacher is underrated and Gunnerson is underrated just for sure, um, then I think that they're even better than that 89
1: number. You so, mentioned this uh, either in a notebook or a mailbag this week that you think Betts and Turner Corcoran have a – a puncher's chance at getting up to a five star rating?
0: Yes. Because if you so pull it up while I while I ramble, you pull up what what where they are right now in relation to where like the next that group of five stars is. Um, and I think that the because and why I say that is is both of those guys are already very highly rated and I still think that Corcoran's
1: a thirty second ranked prospect in the country.
0: Yeah I think people forget that.
1: <laughs> like I did not it, know that. Yeah I think is Betts higher than him? No Betts is one oh four. This is on 247. Okay. You want me to look on rivals?
0: Yeah, do that just to compare to see what they are. But I still, but my points are is, I still think that, that people forget, A, just how highly rated Turner Corcoran is. And then um, Xavier Betts is very highly rated as well. Um, and both of them, and it, it stinks to say this, but I think it's a reality we have to acknowledge. Betts and Corcoran are both in states in which evaluators don't get to a lot. Okay, Um, so like even though there's been more focus on the state of Nebraska for high school football recruiting, it's still not nearly as much as some of the surrounding states even um, to here. Um, And Corcoran being in Kansas does not necessarily do him any favors for his evaluations either, because he's not he's just not going to get the The level of evaluation for repeat evaluations to say, oh yeah, he really is even better than we realized. Um, and once that's done, I would not, I would not be surprised if those guys got bumps again.
1: Bets is forty sixth on Rivals. Corcoran is forty eighth. Okay. And let's see the first five star. I up he's 25th yep. that's on rivals so let me look and see what it is on two four seven so
0: that he's he's in they're well, they're both in shouting distance yeah. on rivals
1: they're close yep um there's only two guys above corcoran before you hit the five star ranks
0: And so he's definitely uh, knocking on the door, like hanging outside of it.
1: (laughs) 29th is Jordan Johnson, wide receiver. Wide receiver going to Notre Dame? Going to Notre Dame, yep. Uh, He's a five-star, and he's got a 98.44 rating. And then the next guy, 30th, Fred Davis, the second cornerback from Florida, is the first four-star on their board, and he's at 98.30. And then it's Reggie Grimes, 98.29. And then Corcoran at ninety eight point two eight. Uh-huh. So it looks like he's like fifteen hundredths of a
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And that's in and actually if you if you want to nitpick, you if you your preference would probably be for him to end up being a composite five star on two four seven because that takes into account everywhere.
1: Um I thought we were gonna get a podcast in without that, that stupid event coming out. That's fine. Um,
0: so yeah, so we'll see. And I and I think they both have I think both Corcoran and Betts both have a really good shot at bumping up some uh, throughout their senior season as well.
1: Let's talk about Xavier Watts. Okay. Because we are recording this, like I said, um, Friday, late Friday morning. Um, He's announcing at 3 today. So odds are you will be listening to this after he has announced. So I just want to do real quick with you, like, both options. Okay. If he commits to Notre Dame, it, it, it seems like it's between Nebraska and Notre Dame at it this is point, right? Yeah. And Notre Dame, yeah. If he commits to Notre Dame, does Nebraska call off the dogs or do they keep kind of fighting until the very end?
0: Man, that's a good question. I, not, I had honestly not considered that because normally in that situation, especially with him being local, you would, you would think that they would not call off the dogs if it were me. And as I don't know this, if it were me, I would leave it alone. Um, I think that there are enough other wide receivers that they're in on that they can turn the heat up on. Um, You know, Will Nixon down in He's number four on your
1: Greg Skies, and number five is Omar Manning. Yes. Would you so turn maybe, your attention to him? Yes.
0: I would I would make sure that he's feeling the love. I would make sure a guy like Will Nixon, who came um, during the spring up to Lincoln for an unofficial visit, make sure that he continues to feel the love. He's more of a Duck R um, prospect. He's a little different than Manning or Watts. Um, so I, w- I would turn my attention away from Watts, but I don't know if they would or not. To be honest, it, that would get, that's a really good question because that would get, it, it gets awkward when you don't, and I was talking to someone about this, like it, it's really difficult in his situation. I don't envy his position if he really does want to go to Notre Dame um, because as much excitement as there is in this state for Nebraska right now, what Scott Frost is about to do or what everybody believes he's about to do, and then to spurn them and go to Notre Dame, um, it, it would be a little awkward if he's continuing to be recruited, even though that's not public. I don't know. That's a it's a good question. I'm just kind of talking this out in my mind because that's really that's difficult. What, I would not though. Like I'll just put that out there. Okay. I, would, I would not. I'd leave it alone.
1: What if he picks Nebraska? Do you think there's a chance that he picks Nebraska? I think there's a. I mean, I guess there's a small chance. Okay. I would say ninety
0: ten Notre Dame.
1: Okay. At this point, um, is it a big miss? They don't have him because they still have bets.
0: Yes, they do. Um, the, it is a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good deal blow. It's a good blow, um, and part of that is it, it's twofold because one, he is a very good player, but. He also is local and they've made the they like Frost Brood and those guys, they've made a big deal about keeping all of those guys home. They do not want to miss on those local players. Um and you and you know from your time years of now of being here, like how often it's brought up the guys that have gotten away. Like how often have you heard about Noah Fant and Harrison Phillips and those guys, right? Oh, all the time. So right. So when those guys get away and then especially if they're good um elsewhere, like it it gets talked about forever. So they do not want to lose those guys um but it is not something that they cannot recover from
1: here's my so i think that's interesting because the noah Fant thing it was nebraska didn't go hard after him right
0: yes they bungled two staffs bungled that yeah situation
1: so yes. i think it would be a little bit different with watts because nebraska is in his final two like, it, it's, yeah. he's picking between Notre Dame and Nebraska, and I think a lot of people have the expectation that he's going to Notre Dame because I've just seen a bunch of, oh, Notre Dame was his dream school. No. This was always an uphill fight, and I've seen that from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious if, <clears throat> if he goes to Notre Dame and if he's successful there, if the reaction to him is a little bit different than it was to Noah Fan because this staff actually made an effort, and we can get into this too, the 500-mile radius, yeah. they've been killing it in, in, in local prospects and semi-local mm-hmm. prospects and getting them here and, and keeping them.
0: Yeah, and I think that part of I think also though I think I think if he picks Notre Dame I think it'll be closer to what what we saw maybe with bryson williams you remember that situation where they when the, the staff comes in and the riley staff had completely botched that one because they want he really wanted to come to nebraska and they elected not to really even pursue him much at all scott frost gets in one of the very first things they did actually when they got here him and rude like basically camping out in his living room trying to get him to flip from wisconsin to nebraska they almost pulled it off but he just couldn't go back on his word to wisconsin and people kind of understood that one i don't think that it'll quite be that with watts where people will be like oh yeah i understand because people here hate notre dame let's be frank um even though they don't like wisconsin either but he was already committed there um, i think it'll be i don't think it'll be i don't think people will be as nice about it as that but i don't think it'll be as bad as noah fan it'll be somewhere in the middle
1: why do people hate notre dame I'm not a
0: hundred percent sure why people hate Notre Dame. So it's like here. something before my time. Yeah, this is it's is something that goes back before even when I was here. It feels like, and I've been here for ten plus years now. Well, I'm
1: talking about like before I was born. Oh
0: no, 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 oh, no! I don't think it's a no because which is not that long ago. No, it really isn't that long ago. But no, I don't think that that's So This is like a recent thing. Case. Yeah, people don't like and yeah, recent as in the last like fifteen. Years like people here ask ask some random fans after we get done with this or even now tweet out like Husker fans like what do you feel about actually no you probably shouldn't no actually if you're listening pending decision you probably shouldn't yeah if
1: you're listening to this. Tweet me or DM me why you don't like Notre Dame if you don't like Notre Dame. That's what we'll do if you're listening to this. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the, the fire in my okay. Yeah, I'd be curious fine. to
0: see. I actually would be curious to see what people say to you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I would be curious. Yeah, if you have feelings about Notre Dame, tweet them to me. I'm curious. Okay. Um, and, and why? Not just I hate them and they're trash. Tell me why. Okay. I would be curious to know why. Um, so we covered Watts. We covered who's. So here's, here's another thing I wanted to talk to you about okay. Huttmacher. Yep. Is in. Gunnerson is in. hmm Watts is um <laughs> Cody Simon, the New Jersey linebacker, committed to Ohio State. Yeah, and then the,
0: pr- and then promptly went down to the opening and just killed it. I don't know if you happened to catch any of those clips, not, but uh-uh. that kid is super athletic, but sorry, that's neither here nor there. Okay, <laughs> so, so that's f- yes. a Those
1: are the four guys on, on the top of your, your Greg's guys. Yeah. And so then Malik
0: Reed committed, who's at ten on the Greg's guys list? Alex Kahn is yep. nine and Alex Kahn.
1: so the guys that are left uncommitted um, if we take Watts off the board are Omar Manning Caden Johnson the linebacker from Minnesota mm-hmm. um, Jamar Sakona, the defensive tackle from California and Savion Morrison running back from, from Oklahoma mm-hmm. who who's the most important like it, it Who's, who, who would be the highest on their board of those four remaining guys? And then when you kind of go through and redo this, once we've gotten some of these other guys off, who kind of goes up to the top of your board?
0: Um, so um, th- their board, I think Omar Manning then becomes like the guy. I'll have to think on that a little
1: bit more when I actually do it. But, yeah, I think that my gut reaction is Omar Manning becomes their top guy. Let me rephrase the second part of that. Yeah. Because the top of your board would be based off of who they like. So yes. who, who, who's, who sort of <laughs> yeah. fills in the spots for the guys that are now committed that are coming off? Um. So who, the, who who are some of the ones that were just short of making this last 10?
0: Oh, man. that one, uh, Chloe Bryant um the linebacker that was here. Um for an official visit, would be close. Um, Aju Aju, uh, the wide receiver that was here that same weekend as well. Five-star name. Um, Five-star name and really good talent. Um, He would be close on that board as well. Um, And then I would have to think there's a a defensive back, Jafar Strong, I want to say, from Alabama, Um, that would be next up on that list. And then that's what I remember off the top of my head. Um, Let me try to pull your thing up.
1: Because I just put you on the spot. That's Because you, you wrote a thing that was like, um, we just did a new Greg's Guys. Here are the guys who just missed. Didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. Who just missed? So you got Aju Aju. You got, got Bryant Strother. Yeah. You've got Marvin Scott on this list.
0: Oh, the running back from Florida. Yeah. yeah because we've got Those to figure out what, what's going to happen with that running back spot. Because I think sooner rather than, I think it would be preferable for them to land one of their running back targets this summer. I think if if, it, if that happens, I think Morrison is the more likely. Um will be a great get. Um, and another 500-mile radius kid, another Oklahoma steal, um, he'd be a really nice get in the class.
1: Them continuing to be able to go on to Oklahoma and get kids that Oklahoma State hasn't offered is just mind-boggling. It's crazy to me. It's, <laughs> like, crazy to it's me. so crazy. It's Yeah. Um, okay, here's here's one last thing. We've got a couple more minutes, and there's one last thing I yep. wanted to talk to you about that doesn't have anything to do with recruiting, but it's something that I've kind of been thinking about. Yep. So Bill Dolman was on um, the radio show with Schmitty a couple days ago, and he kind of made the comment that there's a lot of love around Nebraska right now for a football team that hasn't really proven anything yet, right. and he hopes that doesn't go to their head. Um, a, one reason for a lot of the love is the schedule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sets up nicely for a team that is – trying to do some things sporting news put out their preseason all-american list there are a lot of big 10 players on that list Mm -hmm. so jonathan taylor is that running back you've got let me just go through this wisconsin's center is on there there's a lot of big 10 people rondell moore from purdue aj epinesa from iowa kenny willikus from michigan state chase young from ohio state patty fisher from northwestern and Then you've got a bunch of guys on the second team that are from.
0: And this is the the All American team? Yeah, this is their preseason
1: All American team. You've got Ben Bredesen, a guard from Michigan, though Nebraska doesn't play Michigan this year. Um, Another Michigan State guy, another Michigan guy, the second team. Okay. The point that I'm trying to make is. There's more Big Ten representation than I would have (laughs) thought. There's a lot of talent in the Big Ten this year. Yeah. And yes, the schedule sets up nicely. But do you think that there's a little bit of pumping the brakes that needs to happen? Because I was like, yep, nine wins. Let's do it. I'm over the eight and a half. I, I take the over on the eight and a half. And then this this preseason poll came out, and I looked at it, and then I was like, there's a lot of talent in this league. And I kind of took a step back and zoomed out and was like, some of these aren't gimme's. Purdue, Purdue isn't a gimme. Minnesota isn't a gimme. Northwestern, I don't think, is a gimme. Huh. Ohio State is obviously not. Do you think that there's a little bit of pumping the brakes that needs to happen with this team? Probably, because when you, especially when you start to think
0: about taking the over on the what eight and a half, right? eight and a half, yeah and 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 part of the reason why I get there just is simply that would like to get to eight would be doubling their win total from last season, eight would match their win total from the last two years combined like so it's it would be it would be extraordinary for them to get to eight and if they get to nine or well man ten like we're talking crazy town right so. Yeah, we probably do need to pump the brakes some, and especially when you start to think about what you just laid out about the amount of talent in the league. The only counter that I would have to the amount of talent in the league is how, well, because it's all American, though, it's like how close is Nebraska to in some of those key areas or to some of that talent that's around the league, right? So like, even so right off the bat, when you talk about like chase young and Epinesa and those guys, like Nebraska doesn't have someone like that. Like I'm fairly comfortable saying that, but when you look at the linemen, how close is Hymas or are Heimes and Farniak to some of those guys and how, how much better is Adrian than some of the other quarterbacks. And so like, it ends up you have to weigh it. And plus, you're also just not going to have any of that. Definitely not the All-American love, but even your preseason all-conference team. Some of the ones that I've seen, like Phil Stills Magazine and that sort of thing, doesn't have many Nebraska players in his preseason All-Big Ten. How much of that is due to the fact that you've got eight combined wins in the last two years? Like I just, I feel like if Nebraska is is going to be on those types of lists, it's going to be, or their players will be, it's going to be after the season. They have to then live up to the hype that's building and get to that eight or nine wins, and then you'll see Mo Berry on a first or second team All big team. You'll see Boodle on a first team. Adrian will be the runaway first team Big Ten quarterback over Shea Patterson instead of splitting that idiotic stuff that's going on preseason. Is Um, he splitting? Well, I think in I'm pretty sure in Steels he's second team preseason all Big Ten behind Shea Patterson. I haven't seen very many of the other ones yet.
1: That's the only one I've bought so far. That's probably the last time that'll happen. Well, Shea's isn't Shea a senior this year? I think so. But I, I just don't get that. I don't understand. Why I, like, that's
0: just a pet peeve of mine. I don't understand the love for Shea Patterson. Like I feel like Adrian has done more than him already, and I don't understand the the infatuation with him. Like, and so I just don't. I just don't get. That. I just think
1: Adrian's the best quarterback in the conference.
0: So do
1: I. I honestly don't think it's particularly close. No, I think the gap between one and two is 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 bigger than the gap between maybe like. Two and five. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yep. You you didn't answer this question in the mailbag, so this is gonna be our parting thought. Yep. Eight wins over or under.
0: God, after saying all of that, I feel like I should say under. Um I'm still gonna go over though. I'm gonna go over because I think the I think that there are two big X factors. Um, that are that's kind of hard to quantify and will come up in the beginning of the season. One is the impact of Nebraska getting off to a fast start this season, running up to running up three and you know, zero to start the season, getting a couple of those wins well, under four. your belt, or if even they, four and no, like beat Colorado, you know, yeah, so South even Alabama, four, no.
1: Northern Illinois and Illinois in the yeah. other three games.
0: So like even like doing that, like and, and what that does for a team that has not seen very very much success on the field during the season Season in the last couple of years, the impact of that, because we I think we saw the impact of them starting to win at the end of last season and the confidence they were playing in. Mm-hmm. So carrying that over, taking another step, I'm curious to see that. And what is the impact of this coaching staff going through the Big Ten for the second time and coming into it with... Like just with full understanding of what you're getting yourself into and knowing how good teams are across the board and what they have and now Nebraska staff making adjustments, what's the impact of that? Because that's something that I'm very, very curious to see, maybe even more so than the first thing I said, um, because I think that that will have a big, big impact, especially if this staff, especially Scott Frost, is as good as we thought he was coming in.
1: They are who we thought they were.
0: (laughs) Let him off the hook. That's
1: right. Shouts to Denny Green. <laughs> we are 13 days away from Big Ten Media Days. Wow. From the start of it. It's on the 18th and the 19th of this month, and then football's happening.
0: I'm I'm sad in a way that I won't be at Big Ten Media
1: Days. I just am excited to go have Chicago deep dish pizza. It's the only thing I care about. Have a slice for me. Oh, well, <laughs> but we're going to go to Gino's. We're not going to go to Giordano's.
0: Do not have a slice for me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, Geno's is fine. Geno's is great. What are you talking about?
1: No, it's lose that sucks. <laughs> Cut every single comment you made from the podcast out of it. <laughs> nice. It's just going to be me asking questions and then blank space. <laughs>
0: blank. And just you saying, mmm, pizza.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Craig, thanks for joining the podcast. This Thank week. you for having me. We will have plenty of coverage coverage. Um, I don't know on what, but we'll have stuff on hailvarsity.com throughout the weekend. Greg will have something on Watts, uh, regardless of what he does. Uh, Be reading hailvarsity.com. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Thank you.